0: Hello, everybody. It's Stefan Satani with a comedy advice podcast coming at you. Not too hard, though. I'm coming at you softly, gently, tenderly, tenderly coming at you with a hot new episode. I am ecstatic to share this episode with you guys. It's with an amazing guest, Jamie Lisso. He's a comedian, he's a writer, he's a producer. You may have seen him do stand up. He just had a dry bar special. It's about a year old, hilarious. You may have also seen him on Real Rob on Netflix where he co-produced the show with Rob Schneider. We talk about that and we talk about how he became friends with Rob Schneider. This episode is so packed with funnies, with seriousness, it is one of my favorite episodes. So I really hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope you stay along for the ride. It's on the longer end, but oh, man, is it worth it. Oh, man. you Just hang in there. You're going to have a great time. Guys, thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your second time, thank you. And if this is your third or fourth or fifth time, Aww, I'm blushing right now. Thank you guys so much for supporting me. I have so much fun doing this, and knowing that there are people that are supporting through listening, subscribing, leaving a review. It's, it really melts my little Arizona heart. It's you guys, for sure. It's not the sun. It is very hot here, but it's you guys. I also wanted to give a shout-out on the Patreon page. We have a new patron. A big shout-out to Susan Wheeler. Welcome aboard. Thank you so much for supporting me on Patreon. And guys, if you want to support me on Patreon, the link is in the show notes. And for as little as two bucks a month, you get loads of benefits. You get the episodes released early. You get them without any ads, ad free. You get a shout out on the podcast. And then depending on the tier, if you get the high tier, you get some extra bonus content. More ACAP, a Comedy Advice Podcast. Awesome. You can join, help support me, my dream, and you can help make this a better podcast through better sound equipment, through promotion, through getting better guests, whatever it is, all of that is really going to help me. So I, I can't thank you enough. And thank you, Susan, for being this week's new patron. Now, if you guys are like, hey, two cents a day is a little much for me. I can't support you like that. Don't worry. That's fine. That's fine. Some alternatives for supporting are leaving a review. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Stitcher. You can do it almost anywhere you listen to podcasts. So leave a review, subscribe, tell a friend. It all makes a difference. So I'm elated with all the support with the episode. It's just a wonderful time, except for the murder hornets and coronavirus and everything. But don't worry. You guys are going to laugh your mask off at this episode. So without any further blabbering here we go a comedy advice podcast an advice podcast for deaf and And friends an exaggerated statement not meant to be taken literally what's up seven a
1: comedy advice podcast (laughs) we have is there a video oh is it
0: happening oh my gosh in the flesh how are you we
1: did it how you doing man oh i'm
0: splendid how are you doing
1: you know i'm just looking at how red i am i'm in phoenix it's 110 degrees outside Oh my gosh, you're in Phoenix right now? Oh, yeah, and cool. I, just, I just walked around for like two hours, and this is what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is a side effect of Phoenix life. <laughs> As you can see by my complexion, I uh, have not left the house in like three months, so. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. Yeah, yeah. How, how's, um, how long have you been in Phoenix so far? Uh, just like 12 hours. Oh, okay, okay, and I already got a sunburn. That's like a Phoenix welcome. Like yeah, that. dude,
1: I just, uh, I had a... um. My, my newest favorite purchase of $200 or less in the last 30 years yeah. is a I I bought a portable sauna. It's oh. like, it looks ridiculous. You know how there's like benefits of sauna, you know, if you watch the news or only listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah. And um,
0: yeah.
1: it's like this thing in you, it looks ridiculous. Like it's a big box and you kind of sit in it and your arms poke out. I don't have a gigantic place in Alaska where I live. Uh-huh. And so your arms kind of poke out of it and you can like play with your phone or read a book. And I do it every day, sometimes twice a day, and I've been missing it. And I get off the plane and I was like, this whole place is a portable sauna. The, the yes. town.
0: Yeah, it, it really <laughs> is. I didn't know that a portable sauna was a real thing, though. It's, it's ridiculous looking, but it's my highest recommendation hmm. of $200 well spent. Oh, that's awesome. Unless you're in Arizona, maybe you just walk outside. But Alaska, I could definitely, or any other state in the United States, I feel like. Yeah. You can get one on Wayfair. Really?
1: Yeah. And there might even be a girl inside of it. You don't even know what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> Free <laughs> you don't shipping
1: even and 18-year-old. Right?
0: Yeah. You don't even
1: <laughs> My friend just got in trouble for doing a joke about that stuff.
0: So. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So, so you wanted to try it on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Bro. It worked well
1: for him. Got
0: him <laughs> <in the head. laughs> Um. Alright, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of A Comedy Advice Podcast where we give self-help to the helpless. My name is Stefan Sitani, and joining me today... A very special guest. He's freshly sunburned in Phoenix right now as we speak. Ex-radio jock from Rochester turned comedian, seen on The Tonight Show, The Late Late Show, Comedy Central, and Dry Bar Comedy, and much more. He's also a writer, actor, and producer known for CBS's Man with a Plan and Netflix's Real Rob. Everybody please welcome Jamie Lisso.
1: Thanks,
0: man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I heard that intro, and I was starting to get
1: excited all those credits, and then I was like, "Oh, shit, it's me
0: <laughs> very uh, impressive, oh, oh, a, a very impressive jeez <laughs> i'm I'm honored to have you here and I, I also I have to say, so I was trying to do my research, listening to interviews and everything. I was cracking up on everything that I've heard you on, and I also started to doubt how to say your last name. Coming, okay. from, coming from a person that has an extremely hard name to pronounce or a hard last yeah. name to pronounce, I was like, because I heard people say Lissow, Lizzo, and then I was like, I heard Rob Schneider say Lissow. So I'm, I'm hoping Liso. that I... Uh, yeah,
1: um, that's right. Unless Maybe I've been saying it wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that could be it. Yeah, just spreading it false information it. from the start
1: i'm gonna have to replay that intro of you saying my credit so i don't know why i wake up and feel like shit every day i felt <laughs> great when you were reading those so feel like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you want i can just send you that snippet every it can day. be your ringtone really <laughs> felt good. oh man but jamie thank you so much for joining the pod yeah, i'm really excited to to be able to see you live at house oh. of comedy uh this weekend actually Hell yeah. Really excited. But I, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions and we'll get into that in a second. But I, I uh, watched your dry bar special that came out yeah. 2019. Something something awesome, which is the name of the special. It is also something awesome. But um, I, first off, I loved it. It was all clean. I know I, yeah. uh, dry bar says you can't curse. Did you feel like you had to, are you usually dirty in your comedy or you, do you did you have to scrub it up a little bit to be able to get a dry bar? Approved.
1: I'll tell you this, Stefan. I almost called the special instead of something awesome. I almost called it. Jamie Lisso tries not to say fuck. <laughs> that was the alternative pedal. I was on a phone call. I was on a. You know, it's if it's filmed in Salt Lake City, uh huh, and huge Mormon population, and that's their that's dry bars market, and they do really well with clean material, and so yeah, they're not as stringent as you would think. It's more like. They sort of go, if you're super clean, you're going to get more views, you're going to make more money, you're going to do better in this venue. So they sort of, it's not like they're going like, you can't say, you can't even say, oh my God, you, they're saying, we're telling you, if you do it this way, you're going to do better. So it's, it's kind of nice. Like, it's not like, you don't feel like you're being like crazy edited, but I was on a conference call with them and I go, we're talking about names for my special. And I'm um, talking to a couple people, and I, I told the joke about the, I try not to say, it. then I go, what if I call it? um is it mormon here or is it just me <laughs> that was my other alternative. How, how did that go over with the with that
0: is, but they loved something awesome i call it something awesome from one of my jokes Ooh, yeah. that's great i i loved it i also i guess i give off really mormon vibes because the, the reason i said you could curse on here is a lot of people are like uh is this does this have mormon overtones or undertones you gave off a little bit of uh that's why i was treading lightly when I. yeah Yeah. and now with with quarantine i'm almost looking like jesus himself (laughs) so i'm trying to i'm trying to get away with that i'll 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 have a haircut later but
1: But it's funny man i
0: don't know do you do stand up i did do stand up
1: okay because i don't know if you've experienced there's a weird thing that i've talked to a bunch of friends about that i I thought maybe it was just me. And I thought or but it turns out I have friends who do the same thing. But yeah, when I was I'm to answer your question, I'm not clean. I don't think I'm filthy, but I I swear a lot. But you'd never go like, that's disgusting. And right. um, I remember when I was doing colleges back in the day, my college agent calls me, and he goes, dude, you're not the guy for this. But there's nobody left. But we need someone to do like an all Christians women, co- women's college. And like, you got to be super clean. And he's like, you're the <laughs> fucking last guy i would pick but we have no other choice and so i go all right and so i went and there's something like it's like a, there's like a switch in your brain that you can just go like i'm gonna be super clean now and then like you can so- you sort of like change all your bits and make them clean skip over the ones that are dirty and it's weird it's like a switch not even like writing them down like oh like it's just like this thing and dude i had a really unexpectedly great show at that college against all odds and then i became the guy at my agency that would get all the all-women's Christian schools.
0: <laughs>
1: so I would be like, oh my God. I would have a schedule and just be like, oh my God, I got to do like an all-women's school. And I'd have to like turn the switch again and be super clean.
0: That's a, that's really funny. And it's so cool too that you can just flip the switch on and off. If you were to cut the fucks and curse words out of my
1: set, it would be like watching Game of Thrones on CBS. <laughs> it would be an eighth the length it normally is. You wouldn't follow what's
0: going on. <laughs> oh, I like that. And and I was gonna say in the special too, beyond thinking, it's hilarious. I loved how you did some crowd work in there too. Particularly, oh, yeah. we're asking about going to college and uh, yeah. and I'm not gonna spoil the bits. I'll let people listen to the show or watch it. The link's gonna be in the show notes. But um, I was gonna ask about that too. Filming a special, you, you've got your stand up material and that's all written and planned out. For the most part, I'm sure you can improvise a little bit here and there, but then you got the crowd work where I feel like there's a little more risk, yeah, because because you're like, I don't know what they're gonna say, yeah. But it was it was probably one of the top ten funniest parts of the special when you were talking with the actuary, the actuarial science guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, oh that's funny. that. yeah, And, and I was just gonna say, do you how did you feel with the crowd work? I mean, is that something that you usually do or are you um obviously you probably do it a lot, but for the special you like I'm going to risk it and do some crowd work or does it even yeah. feel like a risk at this point?
1: It for me crowd it doesn't feel like a risk. I I love it. Like it makes me feel it makes me feel alive. Like when I do my <laughs> set, I start to get really tired. It even happens to me. Full disclosure, dude, um I my entire dry bar is um, I talk about being married and like my wife and everything. Yeah. I got divorced right when I got the dry bar special, and I decided it was going to be a bit of a retiring this material of sorts. Oh, and so okay. Kind of even. I just and I knew the Mormons also don't love. They they love the idea of marriage, and they and, and I I kind of heard that you don't want to do any jokes about like being divorced, especially if like making fun of your wife, or they don't love that. And mm-hmm. so I just decided. I'm going to pretend this is two months ago when I'm still married and I'm never going to do these jokes again because I, none of it's true anymore. And so I'm just going to kind of retire this shit. Uh-huh. So that's kind of what I did. I sort of put a, that was kind of my, my way to be done with all of those jokes. But
0: Got it. Oh, that's fascinating. And I guess that's also gonna cancel out the questions that I had about you and your wife and a lot of
1: you can still ask all of them. I have better answers.
0: I'll, I'll tackle
1: every uh I'm I'm happy to answer any question. But yeah, but I I love man, like we were um I was in Minneapolis last week. Uh-huh. And because of COVID, they're only it's only fifty percent capacity. Yeah. Yeah, Which, by the way, I love having a reason it's only 50% capacity. Uh, (laughs) It usually is anyway. But it's nice to have something to point to.
0: (laughs) By the way, I will say, House of Comedy, I was there last weekend. I saw Craig Conant. And they did it nicely where it's all safe, it's all clean, everybody listening. The link's going to be in the show notes to buy those tickets before they sell out at the 50% capacity. But they they place everybody neatly so you get a full room's worth of laughter with just half the crowd. Amazing. Yeah. I love that.
1: Dude. I, they yeah. do such a great job there, by the way. They're the they're the pros. Yeah, yeah. it the of, of house of comedy, they really are it, awesome. Even last week, when you know it, they were they did very well for the week, but they were up against it. Like the mall, it's in the mall of America, and the mall would close at seven. Shows would start at seven thirty, and there's only one door in that gigantic mall that has. I mean, that mall has like a skating, r- one door is open on the third floor of the parking garage. You got to like know where you're going. You got to know what's up. So like it was a bit of a, we had a bit of a, you know, it's like they're transitioning back into standup. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my, my long way of getting there is it, I got to talk to the crowd to make it like to make it a live show and to not fall asleep. When I'm up there, I got to like put something out there that I don't know how it's going to end at least once every 10 minutes when I'm on stage. I need like the excitement and the, you know, I, I need it to be a little bit different every night or I get really like, I don't like to be on autopilot unless I'm flying an airplane. I don't <laughs> Fly an airplane. In that case, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's very it's true. Not to, like, you're going through the bits. Like when you're talking to somebody, you're like, I gotta, I gotta lock in here. Like, this is like the present moment. It's really being present on yeah. stage
0: that's yeah and it's it's being engaging with the crowd feeling i totally get it i totally get it it's like having sex you know a little finger here or there it just wakes you up and you're thinking yeah. wow this is i feel alive so
1: absolutely just sometimes i'm having sex and my my girlfriend would go dude this is all old material like been in this- <laughs> i saw you did this on the tonight show
0: <laughs> <laughs> i saw this on real rob already you gotta you gotta mix yeah. it up you have your notebook on her back <laughs> yeah well what about this one can i try can i try this material oh man i i do one more thing about this special uh i i wanted to let you know because you said and the crossword joke where you were like oh, yeah. I, I there's nothing and you use the example something portuguese yeah. and then you transition to another bit where you were saying you know when you just don't like somebody where when you were doing crafts with your wife yes. or at the craft store and i have to this is not, actually not funny at all, so I probably shouldn't even say it. But my wife is Brazilian, so we speak Portuguese. And oh. there is a Portuguese phrase for if you don't like somebody and you you just don't. You say, oh. in Portuguese, you say, "os santo não bate? Or the saints don't high-five. Which means that. everybody's got a saint. And if your saint doesn't high-five with this guy's saint, you can just be like, our saints didn't high-five. And... People are like, oh, okay, got it. You don't like them, whatever.
1: So it's sort of like, we don't have
0: chemistry. Exactly. Did you say it one more time for me? The phrase? In Portuguese? Yeah. Oh, o santo não bate. Dude, I love that.
1: That's fascinating. What a great phrase. (laughs) Yeah what a great phrase it means so much it's yeah fun. yeah
0: i tried translating that in english to one of my other friends he was like i don't know what the hell you're talking about here but and yeah i
1: can't do a joke anymore because now i know something in
0: portuguese <laughs> so i'm making you retire your material now it's <laughs> it's for sure done uh but anyway i also wanted to ask beyond that in comedy i know a little bit about how you got into it but what the for my ignorant ass audience how did no. you get into comedy and and uh What brought you into this beautiful world of chortles and chuckles?
1: Dude, I wanted to be a comedian, but I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know that it was a job. Uh I didn't know that it was a job. I assumed I would watch Rodney Dangerfield, the young comedian special and all that stuff. Yeah. But I never thought it was a job. I just thought it was guys that like did comedy, I guess. Okay. You know, like when your friends want to be like, like when you're little, I mean, I was very young. Like my friends wanted to be ninjas and princess you know and I was like holy yeah. shit it comedians a real one <laughs> like it's you can't probably really be a ninja but like I remember like I'd go out to the clubs and just watch comedy and I loved it so much it's all I ever wanted to do was like do a set sometime like one time do a set I'll tell you a weird story it's gonna make me sound weird but I always <laughs> wanted to do a set. and um I do a little bit of that uh I'm not a very spiritual guy but I do believe that I've had some like insanely bizarrely coincidental things happen
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know
1: if you've ever heard this phrase But it's as if the saints high fives And like I was I wanted to do comedy And I was writing material for I don't even know when I was just writing jokes in college Uh And I was taking a nap And I woke up And there was a commercial on the radio And it said I went to school in Buffalo, New York And it was like Come on down to Canada Which is just across the board And it was like It's a comedy contest You know And you can try five minutes And I was like I'm gonna do this So I drank a bunch of coffee and I wrote some material, and as the coffee wore off, I was like, "What the fuck am I doing? Like, I don't, I can't do comedy. Like, I'm never going to be able to do this." And I put it away, and I was like, "This is insane." And um, I took another nap. I double napped. Woke up to the same commercial.
0: It's. I love it. It sounds like a Mormon overdose story. I took some coffee, freaked out, <laughs> took a nap.
1: <laughs> An overdose. <laughs> and I, I had
0: the exact commercial was playing.
1: And I was like, I feel like I, I feel like this is sort of like a signal that I should at least try this. Yeah. And I just went and did one five minute set. Went okay. Couple of laughs. I got I got like judges scorecards. I came in like it was a competition. There were five guys mm-hmm. in the competition. I think I came in seventh. <laughs> and I think the mic stand came in sixth. Like it just <laughs> but, but I got all these uh, like judges reviews. Uh huh. some of them were incredibly mean like one guy wrote jeez how about write some punchlines?" Oh, but then another guy was like very original i think you're just new like so there were some very encouraging and then um two years later i headlined a comedy club and the guy that wrote that shitty review was my mc no way
0: i was a oh that's amazing yeah. see amazing. things in the universe work work out unless yeah, you're I that worked- guy
1: I'm like, yeah, I wrote some punchlines. So I'll be doing them last.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Um, and then, I interesting story. So transitioning from the comedy, you also are an actor, writer, producer, and extraordinaire. How did you transition? Well, I wouldn't say it's transition because you're still doing comedy, but how did you kind of get into those different things? Was it a little while you'd been doing comedy and y- you yeah. were... Um, falling asleep
1: and i should say to clarify just if anybody is is like wanting to get into comedy like that's how i got the bug for it like was doing that one set and loving it and literally being addicted to like those laughs but how i actually became a comedian was literally there's like stories of jay leno telling guys this and I, i never knew this beforehand but i got 15 minutes man probably 10 minutes i just got 10 minutes That would sort of do good in any crowd. Like I would notice a lot of other guys were writing like tons of material and trying new stuff all the time. And I wanted, I just got 10 minutes that I knew would do good all the time. And I ended up, I had no problem emceeing. I wasn't looking to move up really quick. And a lot of guys want to move up to feature. And if you're just willing to Mm emcee within two years, I was working full time every week emceeing on the road. And then just, you slowly get moved up and, and it's a, it's a real job. It's not like being a pirate or a ninja.
0: an actual gig that and i i think what you just said is something that if there are comedians listening right now you should really take heed because i feel like you have from what you've said from the things that we've talked about your special and you have been really good with the christian women college crew i feel yeah. like, i feel like being dynamic and understanding your audience and having a connection with them yeah. and the knowing that there are different types of audiences out there is really important because i feel like you ev- everyone has the ability deep down within themselves to be able to adapt and ha- has material that could connect with multiple people yes and I feel like you've been able to do that where sometimes you, you say fuck and sometimes you don't to really right. simplify it. And so, you know when to fuck yourself and know when not to. Yes. And then I women's that
1: woman's college show. I said, fuck a bunch of times backstage before I went up. <laughs> really? I, I was very clean
0: when I got out. It's <laughs> very nervous. L- letting like, oh, it all. That. Oh my God. I, yeah, I, I couldn't Ooh. imagine going up in a, a woman's college, Christian college. <laughs> But hey, it opened up so many so many doors for you, so that's awesome. Yeah, man. And to answer your question about, I think every person
1: that got into like writing or producing has a story. Because I listen to tons of writing podcasts. I wish I could think of the writers. Did I? I just my phone just freaked out, and I had to delete like all my. I can't even. Oh, the writers panel. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Incredible podcast. And every guy, if they go. Hey, how was your first, like, how'd you get your first show on the air? I feel like it's that type of thing where it's so, everyone has such a unique story. It's hard to go, Hey, this is how I got into it. Like I ended up, I was just like a comedian, man. And I did comedy for 20 years and I'd work, I would do like some colleges and some, a few corporates, but mostly clubs. And then I always wanted to be an actor. I would auditioned for stuff. I never got anything. It was very <laughs> difficult. And then I was, I took a radio job in morning radio, like you mentioned before, Cause my son was born and I got offered a job on the morning radio show. I grew up listening to in my hometown, like to be like the douchebag sidekick or whatever. (laughs) Nice. Um, So I took that job just to have a little consistency and health insurance and everything. Mm -hmm. And I, Mm -hmm. it was really tough. It was not the greatest job. Like there were moments that were fun, but it was definitely I was doing it for my family and I was sitting there feeling like I fucked up and was on the wrong path. And I was like, all my friends are, Continuing to do late shows, and um, they would come through town. The comedians would come on our show, Uh and they'd come in, and I'd be happy for them. And then I'd find myself being kind of jealous and down on myself, like fuck, I'm this radio guy now. And then one day, we had a caller, and it was Rob Schneider, and he was doing a show in town, and he was. I loved, I loved him. I'd never met him, and he was on the phone. I was like, oh my god, Rob Schneider is on the phone, and I forgot how it happened. But he goes. Why don't you come open for me? It's a benefit. It's like this really worthwhile thing. He, had, I won't bore you with it, but it's like it was it was a cause very deep, you know, very close to his heart. And so I went and I Mm I was gonna open. I was like, oh my god, I'm opening for Rob Schneider. And I go up, dude, and I'm like excited to meet Rob. And they go, here's his green room, and I'm like, oh my god, this is great. So he like opens the door like a little bit, you know. Yeah. I'm like Rob, I'm Jamie, and he goes, hey man, nice to meet you. Because I'm really sorry, I gotta I haven't done stand up in a while. I gotta go over my act. So it's like, and the door shuts, and I go, that was awesome. Nice. That was awesome. Like that was enough. Like I met him for two seconds, but that was enough. Yeah. And so, the show starts, Stefan. Imagine this: the show starts, and I'm not first; I'm second. Uh-huh. The first act is an improv group that have only performed together three times. And I've said this before, but if there's comedy in heaven, you get to follow an improv group that has <laughs> only performed together three times. They, I wasn't even particularly on my game, but they were just like, "Oh my God, pre-written!" I think. I think are they were just like people were so excited that there was an ending, and it, it was like one of the best sets I've ever had. I did all my favorite jokes, and uh-huh. I hear this guy laughing off stage, and I I thought it was like one of the improv guys or whatever, and and I get uh-huh. off stage, was Rob Schneider was laughing at all my jokes, watching my entire set, and he shook my hand. I introduced him. He shook my hand. He goes, "Hey." He's like, are you going to watch my set? And I go, yeah, dude, I'm of course. And he's like, don't go anywhere. I want to talk to you after the show about something. I go, okay. And so, dude, I sat down. And uh, this is something I always do. I sat down, actually watched his set and wrote a bunch of tags. I think I wrote like 20 tags. And um, at the end of the show, he was like, dude, I thought maybe we could like do some writing together. Or whatever. And I was like, oh, I wrote these. He was like, what? Like, yeah, I just wrote like a bunch of jokes. And so he he liked the jokes I wrote. And then... The next week he was going out, give me a cell phone number. I'm like, what is happening? Oh and the next week God. he was going on, like Lopez had, had that late show. Yeah. I wrote some jokes for that. And that went okay. And we would talk like every couple of weeks. I feel like this is a really long answer. And then yeah, that's um, great. So then he was doing the roast of Quentin Tarantino. Um, Friars Club roast. And I wrote him a bunch of jokes. And then I also, he loved this joke of mine. And I was yeah. like, dude, I go, I'm not doing it anymore. I go, why don't you do it at the roast? And he's like, "Are you fucking serious?" I go, "Yeah, just like, I don't care. I don't. I haven't done it in years." And the joke was, "Um, what was that Quentin Tarantino movie that he like, Grindhouse? The one that was like the double feature?" Um, oh
0: yeah, it was Grindhouse, and oh, it was like some killer car. Yes. I yeah, I it can't doesn't remember. Matter, it.
1: But I go, Blockbuster video was around at the time, and he goes, uh, "Yeah, Quentin Tarantino," and he goes, "I was a Blockbuster video, and up on the um, up on the shelf." that your new movie, you know, Grindhouse. And next to it, there was a sign that said, if you like this, you'll also like, and there was an arrow pointing to a bowl of shit. <laughs> and it got like a really big laugh. And then um, and then apparently Howard Stern the next day, he was at the roast. He went on and talked about like how great Rob set was. And he mentioned, I think he mentioned that joke, maybe in particular, maybe like one of the ones I had helped him work on. And so he started to really trust my, wow like my, because, it, because it went well for him and then boom and then one day you wanted to write a, a show and he's like you got to come down and write the show and then when you that's a really weird way to get a writing job but then I ended up being a producer and then I ended up getting a you know a role in the show kind of last minute and then
0: wow how, how it all happened that's really interesting that it was last minute that because you're you're uh the assistant is a pretty integral part of the the yeah, story. it makes no sense that I was given that role. Which it's great. It's so good. I want to talk about that yeah. in just a second. But I also wanted to just go back, take a moment. I'm going to give you the compliment shower where I'm going to hopefully get you wet by spraying with you All a right. couple compliments. Thank One... I think you're uh, yeah, yeah, prepare. <laughs> you're going to need it in Arizona. But uh y- you're such a good listener. One, you've remembered my name cuz a lot of people say Steven. Two, you you're able to go off and talk for a little bit, but you also remember the questions that I originally asked that I forget. So oh, cool, man. You're you're an excellent listener. I I really I'm impressed.
1: Thanks, man. I'm not trying to So on the radio, <laughs> I had a bit of a tough time on the radio. I didn't I didn't have it's the exact, that Portuguese phrase about like the the Saints high-fiving. It wasn't the best chemistry when I was on the radio. Uh, I felt like I was at a bad venue every day for five hours. It was a talk show. I felt like it was a tough crowd for five hours a day. And I think one thing I learned was a friend of mine said, I was just a sidekick. So there was like a host guy. And mm-hmm. one of my friends said, dude, you can learn just as much from an example you don't love <laughs> Than mm-hmm. from a great example, like you could go like, if I ever have a show, I'll do this. And so my job sort of became Damn. like, I'm like, dude, you just fucking ignore that guy's question.
0: Yeah,
1: we got to go back and get that. We got to get that answered. And so that sort of became my job was uh... to make sure people weren't getting ignored and people were getting listened to because it, it sucks. You can tell when someone's got a great store. It happened with Rob Schneider on the phone the day that he called in. One of my friends goes, hey, remember that bit about dude, the different ways to say dude? And Schneider goes yeah. And he did the bit, which guys don't do. He was like, and he did like two sentences of it. And the other guy on my show totally interrupted him anyway, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I go, Hey man, let's hear the end of that bit. And he was like, thanks. Like he, he, people wanted to be able to say what they were going to say, you know?
0: Absolutely. Oh, that's something I, and I find myself a hundred episodes ago. I was I was even, t- it started out with me and my brothers and I'd go on and it'd be like, wow, I totally didn't even hear what he said. So I've right. been trying to consciously remember, I still mess up sometimes, but uh, you are a shining example of a good listener. I, Thanks man. I, I appreciate it. It's, yeah. But you have a tough job as the host because you have to, all I have to do is talk
1: to you, but you have to like come up with the next question. You have to, you have to line up what's happening next. So it's a, it's a, it's a tough job, man.
0: Oh, you're you great at it. Thank it you. Thank you. I got a little wet from the compliment shower myself. Compliment <laughs> shower. It's, it's uh... Uh, but circling back now so you you got a last minute role in Real Rob. My wife and I started watching it and let me tell you, my wife usually does not like my selections which are more comedy based. Mm-hmm. Uh we usually watch Fixer Upper and Britain's mm-hmm. Greatest Baking Show and uh i think vampire diaries so this is a real nice refreshment from from all of that and my wife likes it she's brazilian and so she sees a lot of m- me in rob and her in the the hus- in the wife in oh, Rob's wow, wife, wow. And patricia, patricia. Yeah, yeah patricia so so she liked it instantly i i liked it i'm through i think we're on the third episode but it is absolutely hilarious i love the it just seems like there are these nice, unique layers and elements of it where it's the story. It's like a an em, maybe slightly embellished version of Rob's life. And it also has layers of a little bit of interview style where it has him talking to the audience and then some stand up in there. So I think yeah. it, it, it's it's so well done where it's just they all kind of complement each other. And then the stories and and what we've seen so far um with oh, poor you going through a vasectomy for rob and
1: <laughs> has a basis in a little bit of truth we heard a story i don't know if it's if it was public or if someone told the story to rob like in confidence but someone extremely <laughs> famous i won't say their name in case it was told to me in secret yeah. someone extremely famous that you absolutely know an actress wanted to get a boob job and made her assistant get one to see what the recovery was like oh i say God. made i don't know if it was made or maybe she wanted it, but she was like <laughs> before i do this and she had to go through it and talk to her throughout the process before she got it done that's what i think of that one
0: that is wow i i love how you guys played off of that with the vasectomy the vasectomy slash colonoscopy yeah <laughs> yeah <the> <laughs> that's good listening right there yeah Oh, man. But that's a great show. And I was going to ask too. So you talked about the writing, the comedy, and then you were co-producer on that show as well. So first off, definitely not for me, but for the audience that doesn't know, what, what does a producer do? <laughs> I've been doing it for several years. I'm still trying to find out.
1: <laughs> I would say a producer is sometimes just a credit they throw you. Sometimes it's just purely Someone could have given money or invested or whatever. But in our case, we like really produce. So producing is like when you, you do more than just read your lines and show up on the day. You act, for instance, like if Jamie drives a shitty car, it's like you go get the car and bring it to set. You find out which car to get. Or, you know, like it's like building... The show like doing whatever it takes to get it done like whether it's a prop or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of we work a little bit low budget that first season so we were all pitching in like we were all like legitimately if someone didn't show up yeah we, everyone needed to do their job as producer for the show to
0: happen damn and So,
1: damn beyond that i still I'm still very confused as to what it means i um <laughs> i was a producer on man with a plan on cbs uh-huh but i don't know what was what i did differently than in, in, I think in, in the case of network, I think it really is, um, sort of a level, like the level you're at. I think it goes like, you know, you could be the PA and then you could be like the story. I don't know these words, but you could be like this, the story editor, writer's assistant, story editor, staff writer. Uh-huh. Then I think you go co-producer, producer. Okay. Co-exagger. So I think, it, so I think there, it is a bit of a, a leveling thing which determines how much money you make and mm. the in which you get assigned episodes possibly. And so Got it. I don't think I did I think I don't think I did much more than writing on that show, even though it says I'm a producer.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because I was gonna ask about that. I haven't seen Man with a plan yet, but it looks like it looks ripe for comedy with uh Matt LeBlanc yeah. uh trying to be the the man with the plan with his three kids, yeah. staying at home because his wife just found a uh after and thirteen he, years.
1: Yeah, and he can never come up with a plan. That's why there's four seasons of it. He still can't. <laughs> like if he'd come up with that plan, we would have all been out of a job. Thank God. So bad at this. But dude, that um that writers room <clears throat> I was nervous, of course. It's my first network job. I'm like super excited. Yeah. Well, I watched every episode of the show. I, I, only, I came on the last season, so I watched three seasons of that show.
0: Nice.
1: The creators of that show, Jeff and Jackie Philgo I've been fans of their work. Like, they're just these incredible, I've been hearing about them forever, so I'm very nervous. But I go to this room, dude, and two of my best friends, one of them was in my wedding, are in the room with me, sitting to my left and right. It's Tommy Jonigan. Do you know that guy? No, that guy? no. He's incredible. He came in second to Felipe Asparano. Esparza. I can only remember one name at a time and since I'm remembering yours, that's why I wasn't able to pull. But he, uh, he came in second to him on last comic standing. He's so funny. Oh, Great. okay.
0: And uh-huh. then um,
1: this other guy, Mark Gross, who worked with, um, he did like Mike and Molly.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Rory and all this stuff, he was still, you know, I got two of my, two of my buddies. And then the rest of the room was like the nicest people I've ever met in my life. I've never been more excited to go to work in my life. They would be like, all right, guys, we're getting out early today. And I'd be like, fuck. Like it was me. That job. I was so, that show got canceled. Um, It didn't come back for a fifth season. And yes. I was, uh,
0: yes. Yes. You know, yes. yes. Stuff, and I was very
1: sad. I would say, I would say depressed for several weeks. It was, it was a tough one.
0: Oh man. I'm sorry to hear that.
1: But, uh, but it, you know, it, it's one of those things that so I look back in, is a blessing that it didn't get picked up. Like for three weeks, it wasn't. I was like, what am I going to do? And then like these jobs came in that I wouldn't have been able to take. And it's all good. But it, it, what a great experience that was, especially for like an entry level, you know, to go in with two friends and everyone's so welcoming.
0: That is so cool. I And and I was just thinking about that as you were saying it too. The the nervousness of, it's, it's season by season, right? Where they say, we'll pick up another one. We'll pick up another one. Yeah. I, I'm sure it must've been really, Nerve wracking to produce and and just like from scratch build up real Rob and then try and pitch that to Netflix. Yeah, it, so I'm sure that it, and it being the beginning of your experience as a producer and and TV, I'm sure that was a little nerve nerve wracking. But then also continuing that, I, it's stressful. I don't know how you do it. Props to you. Turn in the nozzle your way for the compliments. <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> I will say though, yeah. Rob Schneider like not even borderline genius, but a genius in so many different ways. Like in a meeting, like a general meeting, I feel like I'm like kind of funny, but I I don't know if it goes well. When you're in a meeting with Rob Schneider, it, I mean, it's like, he's the man, like as far as like pitching a TV show, he's so good in the room. Like he's so likeable. He's like, he's doing a set. And so that was all him. And also that show, was a little easier than coming up with something from scratch because we were able to go, hey, we don't have anything here. Tell me something you did once. Because it was like his life. So if we were stuck, I would just, dude, I was, we were writing episode four, season two, and it's called VIP treatment. And the show's about how you get things. That afternoon, Rob was like, I got to go to the DMV. And his wife goes, we can't go to the DMV. It closes in 10 minutes. And Rob goes, well, how far away is it? And she's like, it's nine minutes away. And he's like, that's fine. I'm like, what do you mean that's fine? And he goes and gets a license in one minute because he's famous. (laughs) Like like he walked in and he just knew it was going to be fine. He walks in and someone like called him over to their window and they took a picture. They stayed open 10 extra minutes. Like it was amazing. And I was like, dude, we have to do an episode about this. And I'm like, but. I go, we need like a way to open the show. And the DMV thing didn't seem like that funny. And I'm like, do you have any other things you can remember? And he's like, oh, I remember this one time I was driving through Vegas and um, this homeless guy like walked in front of my car and I hit the guy. And the police came and only cared about how I was doing. (laughs) And we were just like, what? Like, that is gold, dude. Like, I'm like, that's incredible. So you could just ask him, and mine his history for, like, these brilliant – and it ended up being one of the funniest parts of that show. And then, dude, just just how crazy it was for me. Like, Rob was the only famous person I knew. And, and I go, dude, wouldn't it be funny if at the end of that episode, somebody – maybe, like – we ended up doing it. It's like he's in the emergency room. I saw he's this. Wearing, and he's wearing, like, mine makeup, so they don't know it's him. <laughs> and so, then, so I go, what if someone more famous cut you, like David Spade or something like that? Oh, okay. Rob literally oh. goes, he's like, hold on a second. Calls David Spade. <laughs> Six months later, we're just filming that scene with David Spade. It was incredible, man. That's so cool. That is amazing. But I give all that, to, to all that credit to
0: Schneider, like all that getting it off the ground, all that stuff. That was all him, man. Wow. Wow. That's so cool. And, and I know that you were talking about other projects. What? How has quarantine been for you? have you been it sounds like you're still writing and you're still working on things but w- what are you hoping? I don't want to sound too optimistic and say this is gonna be over soon but yeah once once we kind of get to a new normal and things pick up again um are are you gonna are you gonna gravitate towards producing writing comedy? It seems like comedy still still good yeah
1: you know what man i am it's weird I'm having like a it, quarantine really makes you it makes everybody really look at your life and look at like what's important and things that you took for granted and yeah. like i took kind of stand-up comedy for granted i was gonna do a bunch of dates with with rob schneider and for safety reasons he decided to cancel all of his dates for mm-hmm. 2020 just because it's like he doesn't want to get anybody sick and everything and so yeah. when he canceled all those dates i simultaneously canceled all mine instantly because i was opening for him yeah so that all happened in like one phone call <clears throat> but um it's weird, man. Like, at first, I was like, dude, we can't do stand up. And I, that show got canceled. Like, it was, it was, it was panicking. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? And then, Rob, I, I uh, Patricia from Real Rob is my writing partner. Oh, and nice. um, we've done a couple things together. We've done some movie punch ups and things like that. And so, Rob had a movie ID and he pitched it to somebody that's, that has a pretty solid, uh, you know, track record and that asked us to write it. And so, I ended up getting a job that I'm working on right now where I'm writing a movie with uh, Rob's wife that we're doing for the next two months. And then, um, wow. Oddly enough, man, there's like a, there's a radio job that I could do from Fairbanks, Alaska that broadcasts somewhere else that I'm sort of in talks to possibly do. And it's an afternoon show. And so I'm, I'm literally just letting the universe tell me what happens next because all the stuff I had planned didn't work out. And then, when all these things came up, I was like, I was realizing that every day, cause I travel a lot, man. And when I wrote on man with a Planet," it was, yeah, it was my dream job, but I was gone for six months away from my children who live in Alaska. And so yeah. job wise you're up here, but like family wise, it's really a struggle. And it was like two months into quarantine. And I was like, why am I not panicking anymore? Like, why do I feel okay? And I was like, Oh, it's because I play basketball with my son every afternoon. Like, this is amazing. I've never done this in my life. Like I'm always traveling. And so it really made me rethink the whole thing, and just go, "Shit, maybe none of this shit is important at all." And I just been hanging out with my kids, and all of a sudden I might have this radio job, and we're writing this movie, and I wake up, you know, own bed every night unless I get lucky, and then (laughs) I have the kids, the kids every weekend, and so I'm I'm leaving it up to the universe, man. Like I, I don't, I've never filled out a writing packet. I don't have a literary agent. I don't like. I don't think I push. I think I sort of, like I try to keep my expenses low to where I'm not having to work every single week and I sort of see what happens. And then when you do, when you get a, this is what I would, um, I feel like a lot of your listeners might be like comedians and people in comedy. Dude, the best thing anyone ever told me, there's no reason to just do up. We only work 45 minutes a night if you're headlining, an hour and a half if you have two shows. Do two things, man. Do three things. Like, And mine has been, Dude, get a writing job. You're in a condo or a hotel anyway. So, yeah. like, why not have stand up be like a third of what you do that week? And so, when I'm, you know, I was in Minneapolis last week and, you know, hanging out with the other guys, like, what, you know, what'd you do today? I saw a movie. I slept till two. I'm like, died of fucking work 10 hours today already. <laughs> you know, like, I wrote all day. And, like, that's what's helped keep me sane is is doing like three or four things. So, if, one, if you lose one of them mm-hmm. due to a mysterious deadly virus, like yeah. your world doesn't end you know and you yeah so i feel like that's a big part of it, is doing different things how long did i just talk it felt like two and a half hours did i just talk for two hours it
0: was about two no no it, no it was okay. i don't even know the time time's flying by because
1: this entire cup of coffee and i tend
0: to so apologize. <laughs> oh no it's all gold it's this audio gold that's coming out here and i, I think that it's I, all the listeners that are comedians, I think they needed to hear this. I like to hear this too. I am in a position where I, I have my nine to five. I I'm trying to also prioritize the things that are most important to me. And right now I'm thinking family and, mm-hmm. and then wealth passions. So family, mm-hmm. uh, that sounds really good. Family, my wife for now, and my two yeah. little kitties. I yeah. never thought I would have cats, but. Whatever. Oh, kitty! I thought you meant kitties with a D, like children. Oh no. Okay. It's the Mormon way of saying kids. Okay. You know. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, my like my kittens, and then <laughs> I have my nine to five, so I, I have the time to spend with them. I've got my my job that I, I'd like to be able to break out of that through comedy. Mm-hmm. I was also doing stand up and podcasting, and so I took a second and I thought, okay, I feel like I can give a hundred percent to one of these but not mm-hmm. both of them and maybe I made a mistake maybe not so far it's been working out okay I chose podcasting I mean podcasting versus stand-up comedy yeah you feel like you know, oh that's I think that's a great dude it's like you knew the virus was coming I yeah I called it I totally called it but no I I, I ended up I ended up break I'll say breaking up with stand-up comedy because yeah. I I still Uh, have been able to do it here and there. And it's, I love it, but I, I wanted to get into podcasting. And one of the things that I love about podcasting is talking to great people like you and other, other really successful comedians that have loads of advice to just drop on me. That sounds like a very violent word, but to, to slowly (laughs) deliver to me uh, and, and the audience here. And I feel like being able to broadcast, I think you can do this with stand-up comedy, too. I just like this version better. But um, be able to broadcast to people more outside of a comedy club, which, like, your Mm -hmm. Dry Bar special, clips on social, you can do that with stand-up comedy as well. But I feel like this fits with my priorities right now and hopefully as i get out of the podcast or or out of my nine to five and and they're mm-hmm. just doing podcasting i can start getting more into stand-up comedy writing and that type of stuff so I,
1: into, I think it's such a smart decision to do it that way because i would say especially even before this bullshit with covid if you were to go people used to use comedy as the springboard so you would go like comedy can get you a podcast or it can get you acting jobs mm-hmm. or it can get you writing jobs there is really no comedy now. And I think it's smarter to maybe do what you're doing, which is find your audience yeah. first. And then, you know, and do, do the podcast stuff. I think it's a I think it's a better way to go, especially now there isn't shit going on, man. <laughs> no stand-up shows
0: right now it's ideal it really it, it's been working out great and then on top of that because there's no comedy shows then i'll ask guests to come on and if they say no i just know that they don't like me because they don't <laughs> they don't have stuff going on so
1: it isn't the worst part of quarantine it's like when you call your friend and they don't answer they just don't want to fucking talk to you. <laughs> not there's nothing to do
0: <laughs> exactly it, it oh god it happens with my mom too I'm like mom mom what are you doing here i know you're not doing anything What is, if you don't mind me asking, what's your nine to five? So I do digital marketing. I do SE specifically SEO or search engine optimization. So try and make sure people show up in Google when, uh, when, uh, yeah.
1: But that could serve you well. And that's also a facet of, as you move forward in comedy, right? That's uh, something you might need to do is optimize. Yeah and things like that
0: yeah yeah it's it's helped me with the podcast for sure where i can use i can look for keywords that people are looking for whether it's yeah. like comedy central or or um different guests that type mm-hmm. of stuff so i've been able to and sometimes it works out weird i'll see these keywords that i show up for and like some female comedians it'll be like comedian nude feet but and i'm like oh, okay I, I don't want to show up for this well traffic's traffic i'll take what i can get but I, i'm not gonna
1: yeah i think we have to do to remedy that is to just put a little piece of tape over your webcam i think that's probably more- <laughs> there
0: you go that's solid advice i like that wow uh well jamie thank you so much is there anything you want to talk about before we get into the self-help portion of the podcast oh
1: shit i love that no (laughs) i was i I love a self-help thing awesome i feel can i say one thing that we might have gotten to if i didn't say it oh yeah you probably were maybe even going there i think one of the most important things is it's funny because I'm still thinking about this, but when earlier when you said like you listed my credits and I said like, wow, that sounded impressive. And then I was like, Oh, it's me. It's been bothering me that people might think I meant it was impressive that I had done it. And it's funny. Like uh, what I think is most important is what you see everyone doing like successful comedians or people out there. I think it's really important to know that everybody's I think everyone is for the most part kind of battling it on some level and it's, I think at every level, it's certainly, I don't think anyone has it easy. Like, I remember Schneider even telling me, like, even Leno and Letterman were like, fuck that guy. Why is he getting, like, it doesn't matter what level you're at. I think, I think it's always, it's never the highlight reel of the, of Instagram. Yes. You know, like all the things you read about me, that was 23, It was a 23 year range, all that stuff. So there's certainly like ebbs and flows, but I, I'm not saying that in a negative way. I think it's in a positive way, almost like there is really no time. You just have to like, keep at it and keep creating. But the people that you see that seem like they're just crushing it every minute of the day. I don't, I don't know if that's the case, except for the very, very 1% of the 1%, like the Kevin hearts and everything. I think, I think with everyone else, it's, it's a job, you know, and you have to keep kind of waiting for your opportunities
0: to come. Well, now that we're drenched with, with advice, I feel this is this has been an amazing episode not too much i feel
1: like that was too much no just, no this is good
0: you you've you've actually made me open up a little more than i do with guests because frankly none of the other ones give a shit but maybe you don't too but you're you're inviting and, and I'm, open. A great,
1: I'm a very good actor i pretended to care that I'm <laughs> like, no, I, I legitimately care i think that's
0: i i no i, I was just gonna say i i with, with having guests like you uh perfect example on I was doing my research seeing you with the interviews you've had with other folks and I'm just thinking with with you and other guests that I'll have you guys are professional comedians you guys make people laugh for a living you guys are hilarious i'm me some mormon wannabe and so coming on with with you guys and i'm like oh my god am i gonna make them laugh uh and and like seeing you 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 do so well in interviews and everything that i've seen you on you've made everyone crack up and and, and you laugh at their stuff too and i was like fuck what if he's just like hey how's it how's it going (laughs) (laughs) so those those little fears sometimes pop up too where it's like am i good enough am i am i gonna make this work dude we all have those i was i was i've been headlining
1: comedy clubs for 20 years and we just like we all took like eight you know six months off because of covid i was in my hotel room in minneapolis at the mall of america getting ready for my show going what the fuck is happening right now like what are we doing we do this Am I supposed to be headlining a cover? And it took me like two days to go, oh, that's right. Like, I know how to do this. But I had like a whole day of like, holy shit. Like, what's even going to happen up there? Yeah. Like, am I going to be able to do it? I had to like watch my dry bar and psych myself up. And it took me like a good couple days to – I think the self-doubt is very natural. The, uh, I think that's part of what makes people do things like this, podcasting and yes. comedy.
0: Yeah. Have, have you, throughout your 23-plus years of experience – I, I mean, I, I think that you've been able to kind of quell it a little bit, but ha, are there any tips or anything that, that you've been able to adapt to or, or, um, inherit where you've been like, okay, I can knock this down or I acknowledge it and I'm putting it past me and just going forward.
1: You mean like a feeling of like anxiety or. Yeah. Yeah. something like that Yeah. yeah. I would say I, I, there are times when I'm not great at it and there are times when I'm good at it and when I'm doing. I have like this weird protocol, which I find if I just do my stupid sauna that I have at my house, which for 200 bucks, you don't have to buy a $5,000 sauna. You just get like a couple hundred dollar one. Nice. I find if I do my sauna and write my way out of what I'm feeling, that rarely doesn't work. Like, oh, large uh, Starbucks coffin. And then like writing my way out of the anxiety. I'm a huge Tim Ferriss fan and he has a lot of like super useful tools yes google fear setting he's got this thing called fear setting which is like unbelievable it's sort of like i'm not gonna explain it right but his his ted talk talks about it it's sort of like when you're scared to do something you set a goal but then what makes it different is you're also looking at opportunity cost by not doing it so like Mm. something as simple as what am i doing headlining the mall of america i'm too nervous what if you don't what happens if you don't go though you lose your job they start to tell other like look at all the opportunity and what if i go and yeah. it's fine and i'm like oh that's right I you, you know it's i find that to be helpful journaling like a motherfucker is very helpful to me that's sauna i would say sauna journaling when i'm exercising regularly and yes hydrating i drink a lot of sparkling water
0: oh yeah cheers to that yeah, yeah dude it's big <laughs> it's huge Man. but
1: i don't know but it sometimes gets the best of me and i call I have like I think it's really important to have a group of like really supportive friends that you can be totally open and honest with because we can't you can't really do that in on stage necessarily you can't go like fuck I'm doubting this or you know sometimes protect it a little bit so I think it's good to have a few friends where you take
0: turns being the therapist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's certainly helpful oh yeah having a support group I think that sounds yeah really helpful i i'll have to I, I think that our habits are very similar instead of because i'm a big tim Ferriss fan too and i think i heard an episode with him and tony robbins where tony robbins was saying talking about cryo chambers oh, yes. and, and then just cold showers so i was trying cold showers instead of saunas i've done did i what did you get in there like did you do the cold shower i did i did, did? it's not easy it's not it's really not but i it it helps, I think, a little bit. Um, I don't know if it they were also talking about some weight loss benefits and stuff like that. I don't know if that happened to me, but yeah,
1: so there's like weight loss benefits, but there's also when you get in a cold shower, the reason the reason you go like, what the fuck is going on is because it's your it's your fight or flight response getting freaked out for the cold shower, but in actuality a cold shower can't kill you. So you're sort of learning to like deal with a fight or flight response that is not necessarily a giant tiger that's going to eat you it's just cold water and so that's like a theory i've heard is that it's almost like meditation where in each moment you can go am i overreacting to this like is this something that's built into me like if i can get in cold water i used to go fuck and now i go like i got this shit can that help me when i get a shitty email
0: interesting in
1: that synapse or that gap between like yeah the thing coming in and your reaction like can you not go fuck it's cold water fuck that club owner can you like take a second and go this is not life-threatening
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I
1: can, I can calmly respond to this i think that i feel like it was something like that i'm just stealing yeah. Tim Ferriss ideas
0: no this is good i i i'm cool. gonna have to get back into tim ferris because it's been a while since i've listened to him that's good all right You're good man well i like
1: actionable po- i like an actionable podcast where like there's three things that you go i'm gonna do that shit tomorrow you know like i, I feel like that's a good use of your time
0: yeah you know that's kind of this has turned into a blend because it used to be an absolutely unactionable podcast with just silly (laughs) advice which we'll get into in a second but the 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 front end of as i've been able to get more successful people like you on is there are these very weighty pearls of advice that i think uh are actionable and I can I can hear this the the cold showers of all the listeners right now as we <laughs> talked about it. So
1: oh dude, I have one more one more. Uh, I almost said the word tidbit and realized I don't talk like that. <laughs> one um, I, I, one of my really good friends is you know Gary Goldman. Yes. And so we we're friends, but we were not like talk every day friends. I feel like I could not talk to him for five years and he'd still be a very good friend, like one of those guys. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, he just came out with the Great Depression which was his HBO special with Judd Apatow, where he like really opens up about depression shit. Uh-huh. And dude, I was going through, it was right when man with a plan got canceled and I was not doing very well. I was doing none of the things I told you helped to get out of. Yeah. Things. I wasn't fucking doing them. Like I was, it was, it was a bad time. And I called yeah. him and he gave me one piece of advice. that was like incredibly helpful, which was to say yes. I think it was to say yes to everything. So like I'd been turning down podcasts. I've been turning down lunches every I was blowing off everything like even like phone calls and one of his pieces of advice was to just sort of sign up to do a bunch of stuff whether it's your podcast or mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it sort of it sort of brings you out of it in order to have to to do something and see people and not just be alone with your thoughts mm-hmm. that was very helpful to me and because I had told him I was going to do it I really did it you know like I texted him a week later and said dude I fucking did 20 things I didn't really want to do and you were right I feel better and
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. So I'll have to thank him for having you on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> He's
1: a great, great hilarious guy. All
0: right. We're gonna get into the self help. Unless you've got anything else to say. This is this is really good. I feel
1: like I said ten minutes more uh than the content that I had inside of me. I feel like I that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. Well, it's beautiful. We're gonna we're gonna sweep it up and, and keep it with us forever. But We're going to get into self-help before we get into the questions. I like to center us with an inspirational quote. So I've got one here, but I wanted to ask, I usually ask our guests if they have any inspirational quotes that help get them through their dark days. I think you had one earlier on. I can't remember it because I have a horrible memory, but if you have any great, if not, then, you know, I won't hold it against you or judge you.
1: Oh, great question. My favorite uh, quote is, (laughs) is, um, my favorite quote, by, like beyond all others, is the obstacle is the way. Mm. So, not only is something challenging, not only is it not necessarily something shitty, it's literally the way through to get to the next thing you probably have to do. Like, whatever bad news that is, or whatever shitty thing you get. If, and if you look back at your own life and some of the bad things that happened to you, like what you didn't get Montreal and you went a year later or whatever. Yeah. The obstacle ends up being like the best thing that ever happened to you. So I love that, man. But Ryan holiday has that tattooed to his, uh, his arm. The obstacle is the way.
0: God, that is, that's really lovely. Cause it makes me think of things that I've been reflecting on in the past couple of weeks where what, how I've been seeing success is I want to be here, but now how I'm seeing success is how I'm doing as I get there. Mm, because I've been thinking of God, sometimes I get stressed because I'm trying to think of either the, let's say the podcast, for example, booking guests or making the agendas or doing whatever, recording, editing, uh, promoting, whatever. And I'm like, am I having fun here? Is this, am I stressing myself out too much? And I think right. that the obstacle or the, these different things that I have to do, making sure that I'm learning from it. If, and, right. and if, I'm not always going to have fun all the time, but making sure that I'm either learning from it or I'm, I'm, uh, I, that that I'm appreciating it for what it mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's awesome. That's really cool. Thank you for the quote. This was Yeah, man. Dude,
1: Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. He wrote that book and he thought he was going to he thought he, it was a diary basically and he thought he was going to die. And so it's it's brilliant that
0: I that was one of the books that I bought after listening to Tim Ferriss. I think they did chapter 1 on audiobook oh, yeah. and then I bought it. Yeah. I was I was living in New York at the time, so I'd read it on the train. And it was so good. It was, maybe I'm dumb. I had to read it a couple times. It's really it, dense. It is hard to, but great stuff. And it's just stuff that it's almost like comedy in the sense of these observations that you knew in the back of your head, yes. but somebody says it for you and it clicks. So, good, huge,
1: huge recommendation. If you want, if you don't want to get into the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, Ryan Holiday's book that is called The Obstacle Is the Way is like a palatable version of Meditations of Marcus. Aurelius. Like it's like an incredibly, just just really easily digestible, super interesting, almost like the best tenets of of that of that book, which is definitely hard to understand. The Ryan Holiday yeah. book, crazy good
0: oh man okay okay i'm gonna have to get that in the
1: audiobook the guy that reads it doesn't sound nearly as pompous as the guy
0: <laughs> yes <kind> of... <laughs> Th- thank you for saying that because i was definitely thinking it god the guy all right Each man who goes forth you're like just talk <laughs> yeah can you just say it can you just say it anyway that guy says tidbit for sure okay t- <laughs> <tidbit> guy. <laughs> All right, so this is the embarrassing part where I provide my inspirational quote. It's okay. not by Ryan Holiday or anyone famous. It's actually by a robot, and it's a called robot. InspiroBot. So what it does is it takes AI, takes some of the wisest words known to man, and then just kind of mashes them together for a really inspirational quote. Then we'll try okay. and decipher it or see what it means. So. Okay. <clears throat> this week's quote from InspiroBot is keep eye contact when riding the subway oh yeah so i i think i don't you lived in new york i remember you were talking about it on the on your special with your studio apartment yeah how did you do with the subway did you maintain eye contact i feel like Inspirebot may want people to die because this sounds (laughs) very dangerous yeah Yeah. that was ill-advised when i
1: rode the subway i don't remember um maintaining eye contact. Is is Spyrobot sort of like a Kavorkian type of tool? <laughs> where, where like...
0: So I think it started by inspiring and now oh. these quotes are just like, let's end humankind. We're yeah. done. We want it to.
1: Yeah, that just seems like really bad advice. It does.
0: It does. It also seems like maybe it didn't finish the quote. Maybe it was like maintain eye contact with the floor. Oh, that-, that could be that way you you're that's a survival tactic you could be right you should see if there's more
1: like maintain eye contact until you feel the pointy end of the knife going into (laughs) (laughs) maybe i mean maybe you're supposed to maintain eye contact with another person that you find to be safe within that car that you connect with and you guys look at each other
0: oh that's pretty good i like that so you just you find you scan do the scan eye contact yeah. with every person you see until you see some safe eyes and then you lock in yes. which might cause them to think that you're unsafe and then they'll go to a safe person yes. lock eyes with that so it'll be kind of a chain
1: <laughs> you may be right though it may just be missing the words with your phone at the end of
0: it <laughs> yeah yeah there you go mm-hmm. all right well we're gonna leave the Kavorki inspire Inspirobot and go on to some questions we've got this first question it's from reddit it's found by our fan dave and uh, he says, I have a Zoom meeting with big record execs today, and I want to look cool, but I'm not cool. So what should I do? I just want to present myself as a cool and hip musician. I'm a 40-year-old man who is totally over fashion, etc. but this is a major label contract, and my foot is in the door, so any tips? Sincerely, Remote Rocker. Ooh.
1: I'm going to be honest with you on that one. I'm, I've struggled... I feel like I'm the least cool person of anyone. Like when I'm with a group, uh, when I'm with another person, I feel like constantly a hot girl will pop and say, um, she'll say like, whoa, that is such a cool jacket to the person beside me, which is the same (laughs) as turning to me and saying, what a shitty jacket. (laughs) So I don't know. The only thing I could think of was to maybe to pick, I think the most important thing to do your back. I think your background is very important in the zoom meeting
0: yes yes and so i
1: think i would lean on that to maybe a pre one that looks like you have a huge bookshelf maybe you know like he's got mm-hmm. maybe there's one that makes it look like he's got there's mm-hmm. one there is one that makes it look like he got guitars and shit
0: in the back you could have a nice flying v uh with the zach wilde symbol the little yes. of targets i, I like would that recommend. Uh, maybe you could do a, a Zoom background too to show that you're partying like a rock star. So you could yes. have like broken bed and and empty bottles of Jack and yes. um you know. Dude, show- I
1: use one of those same exciting you're describing. A couple of strippers doing coke just so my kids get cool when I call home. You know, just- <laughs> like, see, Daddy's a rock star.
0: Daddy, uh, Dude,
1: did we just invent a thing? Which is crazy zoom backgrounds or does this already exist (laughs) like one that looked
0: like a party just happened i think that's very good i think i think that is good i like that i think you could also i was gonna say accessories i've never said that word like that before accessories (laughs) but i I think i like your hat i think that's very cool i've never been able to pull one of those off but maybe this guy can or um that's a good idea like uh country guys don't they wear country or western hats cowboy hats
1: did he say what genre of music he was trying to impress did he he mention that
0: oh he did not he just said want to present myself as a cool and hip musician Hmm. so maybe country stars aren't no they're they can be cool right i don't know i don't listen to country so i I don't either yeah
1: yeah Yeah, i don't either that's a good i think you're right though that the hat as an accessory is is a very inexpensive way to put Nice hat, nice background, very inexpensive way to put forth that that you're cooler than you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and if you want to invest a little bit more, maybe a tattoo, because I think that's cool and hip. Absolutely. Well, Post Malone, I mean, take some inspiration from him. I think he's got... That's great. Always Tired, Jesus, Miller Light.
1: How great would it be? The guy's got, he's got gauze, right? On his shoulder. And he kind of keeps showing it to the camera. And then the guy goes like, oh... Do you have a tattoo? He goes, "Oh yeah, I just got this. It's the name of a label on his. Own <laughs> oh shit, it's the label. Oh
0: this. They're it's like, still. oh, this is an awkward time to tell you, we're not going to go with you.
1: <laughs> That's when he goes, Hannah, and he rubs it off and just.
0: <laughs> I love that. I the best. He takes off It's
1: it's all the labels. <laughs>
0: He crosses out the ones he doesn't get a gig with. <laughs> uh, I love it. I feel like we've given this guy plenty of advice. Hat, Great. background, tattoos of the labels. Yes. You're good to go. The only
1: one left this his own independent label that he made of himself. It's the last tattoo.
0: <laughs> I like that. Lots of good idea. It's a little saggy and worn out, just like his soul. Oh. Poor guy. All right. We've got our, our last question. This is from Reddit by our fans, Sydney. Is it strange to spray perfume on letters to friends? I'm an 18-year-old, and I'm sending a care package along with letters to my other female pals. It's a few games, nothing major, but something I know they will enjoy because they've been going through a hard time. I'm also sending a note, but I spritzed a few drops of perfume on it just because I thought it might be a nice touch. Nothing too heavy to where it would cause any potential breathing issues or anything, just to get a nice smell. I know this sounds odd, but I guess I wanted to also add my own personal touch. I hope this isn't construed as a romantic gesture or creepy, so I wanted advice before I sent the letters. Sincerely, I already sent it. (laughs)
1: Dude, I um, I gotta tell you the truth on this one. I hate perfume. I hate perfume. I don't know if I'm very sensitive, oh. but like, I would not go. Per- I would not do it at all. It's too bad. It's we're, we're catching her too late because I was in a coffee shop the other day, and the woman's perfume that sat behind me it was so strong it actually picked me up and moved me to a different coffee house. Like I had to leave. Such <laughs> a shitty. But then I get, I I do get if I get when you're a guy. And you get a one from a girl. I could see that maybe being cool, if it just not too much, right?
0: Yeah, a little dose. Yeah, little I, I little. could. Uh, yeah, a little spritz, as she says. But to your yeah. friends, I mean, have you have you well first, have you written a letter to your guy friends, and then two, have you yeah. spritzed it with some of your Calvin Klein or cologne? No, yeah, yeah.
1: My friend sent me one, and I think he had sprayed it with like um, a French fry oil. He's a fat guy; it just smelled like French fries. <laughs> Now I'm thinking maybe he just was eating French fries. Maybe he didn't purposely.
0: I Yeah. Sometimes my friends, they might send me a letter, but it smells like coffee because they accidentally there's the coffee ring on it. Yeah. So they, they let you know that they were thinking about you as they were drinking their cup of coffee and they forgot it on your letter.
1: When's the last time you got a letter? Not a, not a business letter, like an actual letter from someone.
0: So I, so when I lived in, I lived in Italy for a little while Okay. and i have a cousin that he's italian and so we would whenever we met up when he would come here to the states or i would go there we would leave each other a letter and it sounds super lame um but i like it dude. I'm, a, I'm a fan of the
1: old school the reason i asked is i, I was on a plane a couple of years ago and i was next to a girl who was like very cute uh-huh talking to her and um she leaned in, like, I thought she was gonna like, ask me to go for a drink or something. And she goes, I got a weird thing I wanna ask you. And if you're not into it, just tell me, but I've had a, a beer to drink, I'm just gonna ask you. And I was like, holy shit, we are we gonna have sex in an airplane? Like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> and I swear this is true. And she goes, I think we should be pen pals. Would you wanna be my pen pal? And I was first, I was very disappointed. Um, that it wasn't bathroom, and I go, yeah, let's be pen. And so I was actually, I had a pen pal for a couple of years.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah, we actually we wrote actual letters and sent them to each other.
0: But that, that is cool. Ha- and, and did you guys end it, or are you guys still? Yeah, it Turns out
1: her life is incredibly boring, not worthy of as many letters as are being sent to me. <laughs> like maybe you should wait longer between. Maybe wait for something to happen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man, did you did you actually have to break it off or did you stop responding? I think I might have sent one letter um that said like I, I was
1: getting kind of busy. Yeah. You know, I sprayed another girl's perfume on it to let her know I had not seen
0: it. <laughs> like right? Some some lipstick and everything like that. Yeah. I put to make to make it kind of subtle, I put lipstick
1: and it said I'm seeing someone else written in lipstick. So it was subtle. <laughs> but just to make sure she
0: picked up on it. You took a lip to make the curves <laughs> of all the letters that were like, I, <laughs> I like that. That, that is so interesting I, my grandparents, they actually met through being pen pals. My grandpa on my dad's side, he was at a bar and he was talking with a woman and the, a guy did not, he was not a fan of that. So the guy put a pocket knife in his hand and punched my grandpa in the back of the head. What? Yes. And then my grandpa obviously went to the hospital. I think he was in a coma. He wasn't in a coma. He got a concussion. But then- Those those are very different C-word diagnoses. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I I am not a doctor. That's not my day job. I should (laughs) love
1: I don't even know how to say diagnosis, plural. I just couldn't get going. Yeah, Yeah.
0: So he ended up, he stayed in the hospital for a little while. And then there was a pen pal program. A PPP. So then he ended up PPing with my grandma and then oh, shit. they fell in love and they got Definitely,
1: married. I'm not, making, I'm not making this up. It's going to sound like we planned this. My parents, <laughs> no. my dad, this is going to sound like a fucking joke and I swear to God it's true. My dad was a priest. He was in the priesthood. So it's to be a priest. My mom was becoming a nun. Yeah. We ran into each other at a thing, started writing letters, each left my mom left. The, my dad left the monastery. My mom left the
0: not place. The d- nun. <laughs> the nunnery. The, the nunnery. convent. The nunnery. Convent. The convent. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think the nunnery is like, um, like convent is to nunnery as improv is to comedy zone.
0: Oh, there you go. Okay. Like, okay. Like, like, it's like the B room. My parents are going to be extremely disappointed in my lack of Catholic knowledge here. So, uh. but then
1: my parents became were pen pals, and they ended up writing back and forth, and eventually became got married.
0: Jamie, maybe we should bring this back as a way of finding true loves. Pen paling, oh. I feel like it's it's a way because if you text, it's too soon. Yes. You aren't gathering all your thoughts. And when you're pen palling, you're putting ink to paper, literally, and you're thinking yes. about what you're saying. And I think there's a lot of effort into that. I mean, thumbs, just texting back and forth, swiping yeah. right and left. You don't care. But if you're pen you're,
1: you're so right, dude, because it's the Tinder or whatever the hell. It's too much too soon. Yes. Right? Like it's too much information. You want to, like, leak it and creatively. And by the way, if that girl... Um, I was pen pals with on the airplane. If she had a Tinder profile that was accurate, the pictures would have been blank. Like there was nothing fucking going on. <laughs> Damn, and uh, oh. nothing even written there.
0: Oh, and three three letters later, you had to break it off.
1: Yeah, God. I, I agree with you though. I think it's a very cool way to uh, to like get to know somebody, right? Yeah, right. dude. I have a. Uh, this is not funny at all, and might might make me sad. I have letters that my dad wrote me when I was in college that are like half, I didn't get them at the time because I was like in college. Now that I'm a dad, like I really get what he was saying. And I have all these letters um, that after my dad passed away, I had them all laminated and I have like 40 letters. And they're maybe my most treasured thing. And they are definitely some like, I miss you and stuff, but like yeah. fucking ridiculously
0: funny. Oh, that is so, damn, that's so cool. Yeah. I, my dad
1: I've never seen before where he wrote, um... He never swore he was, you know, becoming a priest. There was no swearing in my house. And he wrote this thing and he said, like, um, we can't wait. We can't wait to see you over the summer until and it said this dumb fucking college thing is over. And it was crossed out with <laughs> one line so you could still read it. And then it said, like, really nicely, like, till you're finished with college. He did- <laughs> you could read what was crossed out. It was like a strike through bit. I loved it. I totally interrupted you though. What were what were you about to say?
0: Classic. No, I, I, it was worth it. I I, uh, I was just gonna say a very loser thing about myself. I play guitar. Or I did. I used to. I was in a band and everything. And inside my acoustic guitar are letters from my wife or family, my cousin, oh. whoever that that left me something very sentimental, and I I just jammed it in my holes i i put it in my guitar and it's it's still there to this day so. no kidding
1: i wondered why that guitar smelled like perfume i was wondering if something was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, an, it's
0: an aromatic aromatic guitar as you play it it smells that's really cool dude i yeah. love that yeah so it's okay you don't have to pretend it's it's totally i bizarre. sincerely love,
1: i love stuff like that i'm a big fan nice. i love notes and stuff i like writing writing is like the I think we miss it. I just bought like a physical notebook and made myself start writing again like old school instead of just computer.
0: Oh, just- n- nice. I've been I've been digital lately but I want to get back into the to the notebook. I have one but we'll see. But anyway, the 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 letters though, I think we can both agree letter is the way to go. The perfume maybe not. It's a mm-hmm. little too intoxicating and overwhelming yeah. to the senses. So Dude, I think a letter is personal enough, if I'm being honest. Let me throw this at you. I think oh. perfume,
1: like I'll bet letters smell like perfume sometimes because the person is wearing perfume. So what I'm going to say is I think if you have a good like lotion or something on, you like your pillow smells a little like, I think you're going to get, I would say the natural, if a little gets on there. You're good, but let's not fucking, you know, pretend like you work at a perfume stand.
0: I like that. I like that. The essence will exude yeah. onto the page. And, and if it doesn't, if you want to give a little extra, maybe you could just rub the page on your face. I love that. Or your neck. So, <laughs> yeah, give a little extra but yeah i i feel you're absolutely right because like you said your overweight friend sending you the letter that smelled like grease and fries yeah, i yeah. think it's just he didn't he didn't take some of his french fries and rub them on the letter i think he just happened to be and there was a bite out of the letter but it was a nice <laughs> thing i know that's from him oh that's beautiful all right so i think we've given you a a slew of tips here to have very personalized letters so this is great yeah all right. Well, sadly, we have reached the end of our podcast, but before we say goodbye, I just wanted to give a huge thank you to you, Jamie, for for being a guest on the show. It's been awesome. Hell yeah, man. Dude,
1: this was extremely enjoyable. It was really fun talking to you. Anytime.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And, and I also wanted to ask, where can the, my audience find you? What have you got going on? Um, and yeah. So all I'm an Instagram guy. So my Instagram is I am Jamie So
1: I don't post very often. I've kind of been hiding out writing, but I'm going to go as soon as, um, Rob Schneider goes back on tour. I'm going to go on tour with him. Um, nice. almost exclusively. Like I'll probably do a few days by myself, but I think I'm just gonna like hit the road with him. And hopefully our new movie will be uh, on Netflix or something by then, the one we're writing. And, um, if anybody wants to find me, I know a lot of people think that, like you know, maybe they think all I do is ride off the success of Rob Schneider, mm-hmm. and um, it's a lot of that's a lot of what I do. But <laughs> so to see stuff I do completely on my own, though, you can check out my website, and my website is uh, RobSchneider'sFriend.com, and that's all by myself. But a <laughs> talking,
0: man. I'm Schneider's friend, Dude, my you, you no, no. I I have to say I I will. I know you might be being a little humble, but you are absolutely hilarious. You, you, all of your stand-up that I've seen, every interview that I've seen, podcast, you have been the per- one of the people that I am most excited, or I was most excited to speak with. And I'm I'm really excited to see your show this weekend at the House of Comedy in Phoenix. Link's going to be in the show notes there. But you, you, you are absolutely hilarious and somebody that I look up to because I, oh, I want to be... Very nice. I, I want to be a Jamie when I grow.
1: Oh, dude, I this, uh... it. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, man. You're great at this, dude. You did the right thing. Keep doing this podcast. You're you're a great host. Great.
0: Thank you so much. Um, awesome. All right, guys. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk at you next week. Bye. Bye. Do you want to say bye, Jamie? Bye. <laughs> so, sorry. I didn't leave it out there for you. <laughs>